Hi, everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Riley. And this is the Carpool Critics Movie Podcast, where today we are discussing Batman Begins. This is our first episode in our coverage of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, which we will do not three episodes in a row, but spaced out, similar to our Marvel coverage. And don't forget about the spoiler alert for all three or just this one. We're going to do it every time. That's part of the format. As our fans know, they're so good to us. What? <laughs> what? No, spoiler alert for all three of the Dark Knight movies. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to focus on Begins today. But, we, won't, uh, we won't go into major spoilers for the other ones, but we'll touch on those movies, m- I'm we'll sure. We'll probably inevitably touch on them. If you yeah. haven't watched them yet, come on. Give them a watch. Unless you, if you haven't seen uh, Dark Knight Rises, that's I don't hold that against you. Yeah, that's yeah, like okay. I haven't seen The Hobbit. You know, you hear bad things, you're like, meh, I'll pass. That's true. I haven't seen Batman vs. Superman or any of the Batman movies that came after Rises. We that's should, okay. We should watch one of them to laugh. Oh, I actually haven't seen any DC movies, not a single one. What? Not even Wonder Woman. What? You haven't seen Wonder Woman? No. What? Have you seen Wonder Woman 1984? It's not out. All right, David, what do you give this movie out of 10? Batman Begins is one of the best of what we've always had made new with old tricks. What? Eight out of 10. You're phrasing there. It makes, it's about as meaningful as the movie is. I need to like think about it. I enjoy this movie quite a bit. The best of what we've had in the what, did you say? One of the best of what we've always had made new with old tricks. So we've had Batman. Made new with Always. old tricks. Okay, he, there can, we go. he can tell us later. Riley, what are you giving this movie out of 10? <laughs> All Batman's got to begin somewhere. And Batman Begins is where Bale begins his battening. But don't batten down the hatches to your eyeballs. <laughs> because Batman Begins is the beginning of a great trend in comic book movies, even if it does rattle some cages in the process. <laughs> so that's what that feels like. 8.25 out of 10. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I really like I like that a lot. Okay. <laughs> Not only did Batman Begins reboot the once mammoth franchise to an unprecedented height, solidifying Christopher Nolan's status as a versatile auteur in the process, it did it all without a single shiny leather butt close-up. Well oh. played, Chris. Well played. Wow. I, I'm yeah. giving this 9 out of 10. 9 oh, out of 10. I love goodness. this one. Wow. It's been a long time. I think I might have only seen Dark Knight like twice what? ever. But... Uh, I usually say that this is my favorite one. I think I like it more than Dark Knight. However, I'm open to the possibility of rewatching The Dark Knight now mm. with my with well, my old man strength and, and seeing it in a new light. <laughs> and we will. Yes. The funniest thing to me about this movie is the fact that Lauren, my wife, uh, didn't know it existed. So she saw the other two Dark Knights. <laughs> <laughs> and her and her friend called them Dark Knight 1 and 2. That's hilarious. <laughs> and so I was like, wait, what about Batman Begins? She's like, what? What a treat then. I, so she that's calls amazing. This one, so she calls this one Dark Knight Zero. <laughs> the I mean, prequel. I, I want to talk about that. I think that Batman Begins is like a pretty okay title. I used to hate it. I found like mm. Batman Begins just like doesn't come off the tongue, but it's so oh, much, like what are you so much better than like Batman Origins. What are you talking or about? Or Rise well, of the Batman. Well, of course it is because of the alliteration. It's a great title. I like it. The it's title okay. I always hated was... Dark Knight Rises. Well, yeah, because it's so lazy. Dark Knight is such a good title. And I mean, it's borrowed from the comic books, but then they're just like, that was a pretty good title. It's just Rises. Yeah, it violates the parallelism that they've set up because it's like a derivative title of the second one. Instead of having its own. They should have called it like Gotham or something. (laughs) Something totally different. Yeah, Dawn of Justice. I mean, it was also irritating (laughs) to me because they they borrowed heavily from the Dark Knight Returns storyline in that movie. But they couldn't call it The Dark Knight Returns. Because it's not exactly the same. Because it's not the exact same story. So they and they had Batman rises. Returns before. But he was already risen. So it's like, where? <laughs> no. The third I mean, he, he rises again. Yeah, so it's he, like, he it's re-rises. Like, I don't know. 
Origin of the Shadow of the Re-Rise of the Batman. It was a confusing title to hear the first time. Yeah. Because I'm just like, what do you mean? But Batman Begins did grow on me. It's just like, I don't know, something about it is so like, here it is. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's it's present tense. Totally, yeah, it's different. And I've grown to like it, but it's just different. I think that when I first encountered it, I was like, this is awesome because it kind of... I mean, I don't know what the formula was for superhero movies up till then, but like that we had Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. like the what what else was there? I don't even know. Like it was Batman? Yeah. Batman but, Returns. No, but like any comic book movie, it would just X-Men. be like Daredevil or like, you know, X2 yeah. X-Men United. Yeah, they're just like simple ones and this is like Batman Begins. It it almost was like it seemed like it was in a different category. There's no colon. Yeah. It's just it's not like Batman the beginning. It's not. Thank there's no God. subtitle. Yeah. It's all in the. On and the I headline. think it, it telegraphed that it was going to be maybe a little bit of a different comic book movie, but we'll. And get it into was. That. And it was, but first, <laughs> Carpool Critics is supported by Manscaped, <laughs> the best in men's below the belt grooming. I've never seen Christian Bale's pubes, but I bet that they are scaped. Woo-hoo! Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your Batman jewels, including the greatest ball hair trimmer on the planet, Alfred, the Lawnmower 3.0. Top to cut the lawn. It's got a ceramic blade, 7,000 RPM quiet stroke motor, and even an LED light so you can do what you, you can see what you're doing. Get 20% off and a free battering, just joking, free shipping with code carpool at manscaped.com. You can also do what you're seeing. We're also brought to you by Private Internet Access VPN. PIA helps you hide your true IP address so you can bypass geo restrictions and Razal Ghoul censorship. You can connect up to 10 devices at once and it includes an internet kill switch. Because Batman doesn't kill. Oh. Well, he does kill in this yeah, movie. If your VPN gets disconnected involuntarily, PIE is available for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even as a goddamn Chrome extension in your Batmobile. So check it out at lmg.gg carpoolcritics. Now, this movie came out in 2005, which is nuts. Yeah, yeah that, that is, was a long time that ago. That really made me feel old because it f- perpetually feels like it came out five years ago. Yep. I was surprised watching it how much I felt like it was kind of an older movie. I was like, oh, this is kind of, there's some cheesy parts. Yeah, but I feel like it was still so trendsetting in, in a sense that even though there are the cheesy bits, there's so much in terms of style and tone that we're, we're still trying to emulate today. Like mm-hmm. the DC movies are still trying to have that like gritty, hardcore Batman. Well, but the reason I brought it up is because it could be... Quite a long time since you've seen this movie. So, Riley, hit us with a synopsis to remind us. I'll remind you. The orphaned heir to a business empire, Bruce Wayne, travels the world, apparently beating up Asian prisoners who had nothing to do with his parents' death, until he's recruited by the mysterious Ducard to train as a ninja with the League of Shadows. But upon learning the League plans to destroy his crime-infested home, Gotham City, Bruce blows up their headquarters while saving Ducard's life. Bruce returns to Gotham where, together with his family's loyal Mott Kukain and an experimental engineer from his company, Lucius Fox, he makes plans to fight crime by becoming something more than a man. Something a, elemental. A symbol that inspires the same fear that haunted Bruce as a child. A bat. Or rather, the Batman. <laughs> it becomes clear that Ducard, a.k.a. Ra's al Ghul, and the League of Shadows have survived and are planning to plunge Gotham into madness using a hallucinogen developed by the psychiatrist Dr. Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. the Scarecrow. The League burns Bruce's mansion to the ground, but with help from Bruce's kind of love interest, Rachel Dawes, and the last good cop in the city, Jim Gordon, hell yeah, Bruce is able to stop the League's plot and doesn't kill Ducard, but he does leave him to die, so... Anyways, then the movie teases the Joker and Batman does the disappearing thing, so it's all good. (laughs) 
I, th- I really liked the end of this movie because I was like, ah, oh, here we go. I, had a, I have a couple issues with them, but I want to save them for getting into it later. I want to talk about the stuff that's good in this so movie. So much good stuff. So I much was good. Just going over my notes like 10 minutes before we started, I was like, damn, this is a good movie. I, yeah. I think it's so good. Yeah. Such a tight screenplay. So weird, though. In preparation for this movie, I watched uh, Nolan's previous movie. I didn't realize that he'd only had really done following which mm-hmm. doesn't like really, really count. count and then the memento the big one he's known for followed it up with insomnia which mm. has damn al pacino and robin williams huge yeah. but it's mm. not, swank too bro not a great movie though it's all right it's kind of interesting yeah but the, it seems like to get this to get a batman movie on the strength of that like he really got on the strength of memento i guess but it, it just seems kind of like a huge bet that they put on him I mean, you can see there's like rough edges around this, and this doesn't feel like it's fully formed Nolan in the same way that The Dark Knight does. Uh, this still feels more formulaic, I think. Uh, and like there's like a little bit of like alternative presentation, like even the first act, how they're jumping back and forth through time. Yeah. That's such a Nolan thing. But I'd say overall, especially the finale, feels just like, yeah, it's another superhero movie. I definitely, I felt that having not watched it in a while, but like watched, you know, some of Nolan's more recent stuff, obviously, like this one, I it did it did kind of surprise me how formulaic it was uh, at, at parts. I mean, there are definitely times where I was like, man, this is... This is pretty cheesy. Like, mm-hmm. this is definitely a Batman movie right yeah. now. I mean, the fact that he can't turn his head is just... Yeah. Like, the That's just fine. visually, it's like... I remember not caring about it at all when I first saw the movie, but, like, seeing it now, I'm just like, man, it, it looks kind of dorky. Yeah, and I think that even the idea of having, like, a shadowy league of ninjas that are behind everything, that every ch- major change that happens in that history, was, yeah. it's, like, it's totally fine in a comic book movie, but it, it does start to feel out of place because I think Nolan is elevating Batman out of comic bookiness. And right. so that dichotomy of, like, okay, cheesy shadow, shadowy ninjas versus kind of grounding it into the real world. It doesn't seem that cheesy to me. That, that sounds cool. I no, like no, that no. That, I'm not, I'm saying on the whole, it doesn't feel that way, but there are just like certain parts where you're just like, ooh, I agree with you there. I just yeah. don't agree with David that the League of Shadows is cheesy. I think it's kind of a cool thing. But um, I thought I thought it was fine, but I, I think you can't watch that and not... Like, like it's I, just comic booky. I feel like it's yeah, fine. it just feels There's nothing contrived. wrong with it. It's like what you're saying that every time that a civilization has fallen, there's no natural causes for these yeah, kind of it's things. The it's always you guys like screwing around. Yeah, I don't know. And then there's stuff too, like Ra's al Ghul has to fake his identity all the time. It, it felt like such a contrived thing to have it be a twist for the audience, where he's. Like, I thought that was fine. It's fine, but it's definitely for the audience more than any logical reason inside the movie, in my opinion. I guess so. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I still liked it. Well, yeah. I think it's... It, I want to stay on the nice train. Going back to uh, <laughs> yeah. why it's kind of wacky that Christopher Nolan got this, because you have to understand the whole context of what the next Batman movie was going to be, because mm. Batman was a huge franchise for Warner Bros. in the 90s. The first two did really, really good, mm-hmm. and then there's the Val Kilmer one, which was okay. And then the Batman and Robin one was just a flop failure. I love it. But so they much. never really went on too much of a hiatus. Like, it looks like there was a giant hiatus for, you know, okay, step away, Batman's broken. But yeah. they were actually continued to try to make movies all the yeah. time. But there was actually internal derision of like who was gonna or, or what was gonna be the next project. Some people thought it would be Batman v Superman. Some people thought they should just, just do a Superman solo thing or a Batman Begins thing. There was actually a screenplay written by Frank Miller himself mm. and the director attached was Aronofsky Whoa. coming off of um, Pi? Yeah, he had only done Pi. Wow. They're Man. really going for like they brand get, new people. Is that around the same time that like Tim Burton was going to direct a Batman or that's, a Superman That's a little movie? bit earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's like early 2000s. They were getting they were getting wild. Yeah. 
They were just like, let's go, let's go ham with this. Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith too. Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that Kevin yeah, Smith story, I love right? That story. Is that kind of part of? Do you this? know that story we're talking about? Like Kevin oh, no. Smith one? No, I don't. It's Bas- amazing. Yeah, we won't tell it. Go. F- no, 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 no. We should. We should. Basically, he was supposed to direct Batman or Superman. It was Superman. And he was talking with the producer, and the producer like insisted. He's like, there has to be a giant mechanical spider. Like, there has to be a, a giant mechanical and spider. Superman People movie? love spiders, Riley. Uh, and, and this guy, and, this guy was like, he was laying on the couch, like his feet on the couch, <laughs> and like his his eyes closed. And he's like getting Kevin Smith to read him the script. So, and so Kevin Smith's like reading it, and he's trying to put variation in the script so he doesn't just say Superman all the time. Sometimes he says Superman. Sometimes he says Clark Kent. Sometimes he says Kal El. And then the guy was like, so inept about Superman. He's just like, wait, who's Kal El? Who's this? He, just say Superman. Oh my god! And then he gets to the part where David's talking about that he he insists that there's a giant spider in it. Anyway, the project falls through. The next movie that producer works on is Wild Wild West with a giant mechanical spider. Oh. He like single-minded. He had to make it happen. Needed to see that in film. Oh, but uh, I guess um, no what else is Superman gonna fight? <laughs> Nolan must have got the the Batman Begins gig off the strength of this pitch, which he kept saying how he was inspired by the 70s Batman, or excuse me, the 70s Superman, where what he liked was that it's a normal city, and that kind of elevates the hero into larger-than-life status. So in this one, you'll notice that uh, contrary to other Batman movies where Gotham is like has this huge gothic right. uh, yeah. architecture it and it's larger than life, yeah. in this, he wanted it to just be like in Chicago. Yeah. And then oh, that's okay. that really realistic and small or city. New York. Yeah. I think well, it's it's all no, Chicago. It's Chicago for sure. I think they. I love that feeling, and I I still really like the Tim Burton feel. It's just like a cartoony, crazy, goofy, gothic thing. But I think they kind of failed a little bit in this one where like having the three tiered train looks like a little too sci fi. Yeah. And then there's a lot of miniature shots that I love and I think are super charming. But then there, it just feels, again, kind of comic booky and less like we're in Chicago. It's yeah. like there's these little miniatures parts of the city that are very cute and I really like I them. Wonder, but I wonder if like because I definitely felt like that as well. And I wonder if that is a function of like mostly remembering the second two movies mm. and then I go back to watch this one and like because the big thing for me that that is significant about Batman Begins is that and and the trilogy as a whole is that it kind of really attempts to ground this ridiculous superhero premise in the real world and you know it, it goes to great lengths to show Bruce and, and Alfred kind of like constructing the bat suit and figuring out like mm-hmm. real technical ish, like solutions to these problems. Lucius Fox as well. And so I think that that's in my mind and I'm like, this is like a real world type of thing. So then when these things pop up and the, tr- the, the yeah. subway looks like it's from, you know, like a cartoon or something. Yeah. And it's, it's all a, fine. It's a little weird. Yeah. It's just, it's like, you can see that they're straddling and there's a little more influence than just Christopher Nolan because once he does get the rain, he gets that control. It's so grounded in right. such a, a better way. Well, I guess um, to your point, like the, to make Batman, to make this seem like the realistic depiction of Batman, yeah. where it's almost like this whole trilogy is meant to be like just a nice crime thriller that mm. maybe has nothing to do with superheroes. Yeah. Right. Uh, they had to make it just like in Chicago with an, a non-grandiose city yep. so that it feels more real because otherwise he right. would just feel like a normal guy in a giant city. It wouldn't totally. really make sense. Um, but I understand that they actually didn't really get to shoot much in Chicago. Uh, Most of it happened on big sound stages makes sense. where the original Blade Runner movie was a big uh, inspiration to Nolan because that too was made mostly on stages but because their sets were so huge and they used so much rain and ambient effects like that it felt like a really lived in yeah. real world and you'll see a lot of rain in this movie yeah yeah I I, I 
I don't find this city feels real to me. I can definitely feel the limits of the soundstage quite a bit. Uh, and part of that is that like the shots before will be of little miniatures with like little smoke coming out. And it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I found that that's one of my, my nitpicks with this movie is that it never feels like a real city. It always feels like I'm watching a movie made on a soundstage. See, I feel like it feels like a real city until they show the Narrows. That's the that's like the really dilapidated like yeah that's homeless fair. and there's like crazy smoke coming yeah. out of it and stuff. The rest of the city looks normal. Yeah, that's fair. It looks like a New York or a Chicago or whatever. But then the Narrows is which is the island that that the the, the gas initially gets released on. Like the Narrows looks like it is just miniatures. it looked completely CGI. There's a shot where because the river divides the Narrows from the the rest of the city and there's a shot where you see the regular city on the right side and the Narrows on the left side and I was just like whoa this looks really yeah. co- like cartoony like. Not like not that in the in the sense that the effects look bad, but it's just like that's not what a real city looks like. It's not that stark. Yeah, you know, there's more of a kind of a gradual. This is Gotham, baby. Yeah. Gotham. Yeah. This town's yeah. worse than ever. I found I, what I really liked is that it looks so much like a uh, Arkham City, where it's just like totally mm-hmm. insane, not a real city, but it just like is weird and comic booky, and I love it. It's built so Batman can clamber, claim, clam, clamber. Yeah, exactly. He can. Is that how you say that? Yeah, you can zipline to one building. Clamber. You talk. Speed like, up. <laughs> you're saying he can climb? Like yeah. I, we don't know what point you're trying to make. How no, do I know? <laughs> but is that how you pronounce clamber? I guess. Sure. I just don't know. <laughs> I want to talk about. <laughs> Wait, it's built so that he can clamber over rooftops. Yeah, and exactly. use his grapple gun and, and do all great. that. Stuff. I love it. It looks like it's yeah, video game in, design yeah. city. In video games, you're just like, oh, this yep, is fine, fine because we need to climb around. Yeah. In a in a movie, yeah. it's like a little bit more. There's a. But when it's on a soundstage, those alleys are tight, so he <laughs> <laughs> can fit in there. Yeah. I want to talk about. I think my favorite sequence in the whole movie is when he. We, we kind of briefly touch on it. It's when he's kind of figuring out how to be Batman. Mm. And so he's come back. He's decided to be a good guy. And he's like discovering that what gadgets are available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying them out, discovering their shortcomings so and the kind of building around on it. This is the part of the uh, screenplay that would be referred to as fun and games. Yeah. yeah. Act one is done. And now it's the part of the movie that you came to see. It's totally. in the trailers. It's Batman Begins. Yeah. Right. And where it's, you get to see him when yeah. like Fox is explaining like, oh, that's a Nomex survival suit. And he's like, oh, yeah. that's, Ooh, what, that's gonna yeah. be a suit. That's so and cool. And you get to see him test it. And then it's like, oh, he has to jump from the building and he just kind of clumsily like almost falls off. And yeah. He, he has to develop a way to glide, and you're like, "Ooh, yeah, this is Batman becoming Batman." Yeah. And I think, I think the this Tumblr is, is so sick in this movie. Oh, the Tumblr's awesome, dude. Uh, what except, a good redesign. Except, except the whole jumping over rooftop. That's one of the yeah, points sure. I wrote down is looking pretty cheesy when the Tumblr's like jumping from rooftop to rooftop. I'm like, eh, all right, yeah. But it's I just like, like the design of driving <laughs> through. Like the roof of a, I don't like know. Like a church. It's like ripping the yeah, roof up. Yeah, it's like an old building. Yeah. Yeah. But the design of it is so wicked. Yeah. Because, oh, sick. Yeah. And it has this story when they introduce it. Yeah, it's designed for this specific purpose. It never really took off. It's not really great at getting totally. the bridge to work. Yep. But that is so cool because it looks real. Whereas I watched uh, Batman Forever or parts of it this weekend. Oh, and God. like, holy <laughs> shit. Holy. I, n- I hadn't watched it since I was like six. So cheesy. I, it was like my favorite movie ever. Yeah. It's the worst. It's no, yeah. the, 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 the Batmobile is one? brutal. Is that the really long one? It's that's super like, long, and, the, and I had the, a toy of it when too. I was a kid. Oh, did I it did, shoot yeah. out the front, like center bit? Maybe. It, yeah. it glowed blue. And it had the spikes that come out the sides. Yeah, it did. Yep. And that dorsal fin thing at the back. Yeah. Is that the one that splits into two? I think so. Oh, you had that one. It's so long. The oh, right. fin on the back, the spoiler is so huge. It's like yeah. as long as the whole car. It's so <laughs> brutal. The amount of artifice in that movie. So when we were doing Hereditary, yeah. I was researching and I keep hearing Ari Aster refer to artifice in movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does he mean by that? And it clicked for me when I was watching Batman Forever because I was like, this 
is not real. Yeah. Nobody talks like this, dresses like that, looks like that. The world is not like that at all. That car is stupid. And it was just, there's so much artifice. There's no mm. attempt to attempt to ground it in like a real world thing. It's just like, we're telling this story and you have to suspend your disbelief for a lot of these things. It's like a cartoon. It is the opposite yeah. Of, yeah. of Cinema Verite. Right. It is like Baz Luhrmann, like... Yeah. It's like vaudeville. It's like Nicolas Cage should be in that movie. Right. Yeah. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's like necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just a thing. And it's like either you're going to like it and you're going to engage with it or not. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that, I think that artifice is, is best when it is disguised. So like, I, I think that Marvel did a great job with that mm. where the first few movies, they try to kind of explain all the mechanics and thing. They try to do the Batman Begins thing. But then over time, you kind of get used to it and used to it and used to it. And you, when you sit down to watch a Marvel movie, you're just like, all right, I'm in this Marvel world. They've kind of tried to explain things already. So now I'm just like, all right, I'll take for granted I, that they I can think so that lasers. you can embrace the artifice. You just have to actually embrace it. It's when you're kind of caught somewhere in the middle where you're like, we're making a, a good movie. We're making a cinema verite, something that's supposed to feel real. Yeah. And then it asks you to suspend your disbelief in a way that doesn't work. Well, yeah. And I, I think that's fine. But like movies like Scott Pilgrim is all artifice. Totally. Totally. And it works because it's doubling down on Absolutely. that and then using that to evolve what artifice could be. Yeah. Maybe it just didn't age well. Well, but I, maybe I think that's maybe why Batman forever doesn't work for me. Like I mm. do not like those movies, uh, yeah. Batman and Robin or whatever, because the Schumacher one. There's like half, it, it seems like they're half trying to not have yeah. it be so artificial. So I'm like, okay, go one way or the other, you know, go for Batman Begins where they're like, this is in the real world. Totally. Um, or go for Scott Pilgrim or like Sin City or something yeah. where it's just like so stylized and so silly that you're like, all right, I'm not trying to do this in well, my head. You know, That's the thing. I think my favorite of the, that era of Batman movies is the first one. Cause it's kind of like got a cool tone or whatever, but I also, I love Batman and Robin because it's so bonkers and weird <laughs> and it fully embraces how stupid it is. Oh, like okay. having Arnold Schwarzenegger be like, I still me too. And like all that stupid stuff. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. I don't really remember those movies. The worst casted movie ever. It's so bad, but I love that. Hey, I don't man, know. That's, I, that's great. But you know, I mean, it's like yeah. the room of Batman movies, Yeah, but it's so <laughs> fun. Let's talk about this movie though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, the thing that I love about this movie is the, um, the the theme I, I i love the idea that uh like like they make it very explicit that like we're seeing the beginning of bruce wayne choosing to use a symbol instead of just trying to get out there in like a bunch of black clothes or something mm -hmm. he's like no i have to become something i have to become something more than a man and i love the emphasis on uh the power of symbols mm -hmm. versus just like the like the mundane nonsense you know it's like you're not going to listen to somebody who's just like please listen to me i'm just a dude but you are going to listen to somebody who like seems like they're an otherworldly monster and they could rip your face off yeah it all seems plausible yeah, yeah. when ducard is telling him you know you need to be more than a man you need yeah. to like when they're fighting you or they're around you they they just think there's some like uh, otherworldly being that's just elemental yeah. a presence that they can't handle it just like freaks out their psychology and it's so sweet how it's like tightly intertwined with his own fears mm. right how he strives to like take the trauma from his childhood and then make other people fear that oh it's so good while man. towing the line and not becoming the thing that he's fighting absolutely yep. and having to find out like what does differentiate me from them no it's man. so beautiful i mean like at some points they hammer you over the head with it a little bit like what do you fear oh your fear it's about in case you didn't get it the movie yeah. is the major theme is fear guys Tony, yeah. when is yeah. that's when power you can't buy that's the power of fear the yeah. only yeah. one that really annoys me is when his dad is dying his last words are 
don't be afraid. Does that annoy you? That really annoys me. Because like, know. if you were dying, you had seconds left to live, and you have your what? son. What are you gonna be saying? That like, seems great natural thing. to me. That's a great I thing to say. I love you. I like Bruce. It's gonna be okay. That's what a mother would say. It's don't gonna be, be okay. Is really so, very that, similar to don't what, be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's what a mother would say. I don't know. It the feels again. Father is preparing. If we're talking about artifice, that feels like screenwriter artifice trying to get to so. the 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 point of fear. I think that it's early on enough in the movie that they haven't hit you completely over the head with the theme yet. So at that point, I'm kind of like. Don't be afraid. Okay, so that's the last thing his dad said to him. So that's going to be important. And I feel like I felt that importance. I also felt it was natural. It's like his whole, what we saw of him, of his of how his father treats Bruce before that is like, you know, what do we do when we fall? We get up. It's like his what he's doing is preparing him to be a proper person in the world. And so his last thing that he says to him is, look, I don't want you to have this thing happen to you and have you just live your life in fear because of it. So he says, don't, don't be afraid. I think, I, it was a great I think that's thing fair. I'm on Riley's side. I think that it might be one of the things that makes you more mad the more times you've seen the movie. That's fair. And I've seen this movie probably 10, 15 times. Like, oh. I really love the, this trilogy. Mm. I think what uh, really struck me on this rewatch is how one dimensional his parents are. And like they mm. are just. Especially the mom. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. is what is her character just exists to die for Bruce Wayne? And that's fine. Like there's only a certain amount of minutes in the movie. But then having him sp- t- speak that line, I think only ex- ex- goes to further accentuate their one dimensionality. Mm. One thing that I love what they did though is how they like tie his greatest fear, which he wants to weaponize is the bats, right? Right. But the bats have nothing to do with his parents' death. Right. And so the sort of is the opera. This is what I'm getting at though. Cause the, the death is ultimately like what, it galvanizes his whole his whole arc and it's tied to the uh, trial with chill which is where we kind of enter the story mm. um, that's sick because we can't start the movie when he's eight so that has to be a flashback so starting at the trial is the perfect place to start mm-hmm. um, but the way that they tie if they're going to be using bats when he's an adult then the bats need to be tied to the trial if they have to be tied to the trial they have to be tied to the death of his parents Okay, well, how the hell do you do that? It's when he's at this opera, they're kind of the opera players are kind of dressed like bats, and yeah. he has flashbacks from the trauma yeah. he experienced from the bats. So suddenly the bats are in this scene, and that was just so elegant so that mm. you can keep the bats present throughout the whole movie. I guess so. I, I didn't feel that um, was, was that intricate. But I mean, if it works, then it works. It was only on this rewatch that I realized that that was like essential that they do that. If oh. they hadn't, if he was sitting in the theater and was just like, I got to pee, can we go? Like it would, <laughs> it would all fall apart. Oh, yeah, I he it. has right, to be right, uncovered. The sorry. reason he's he's afraid in the theater and of that's the what bats, gets his parents. and that's yes. why they leave. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's why yeah. he feels yeah. guilty. Yeah. Totally. Yes, absolutely. He feels responsible for their death, and it's all tied to the bats again. If he hadn't yeah. been afraid, that's what he says to Alfred after. If I hadn't been afraid, they wouldn't have died. Right. He blames himself. I think that the flashbacks were also really cool to see this time because I don't think we've. In, in Batman media in the past, we haven't seen a ton of like, and I'm not talking about like these super old comics. You know, like, you know, they may they may have explored this in a in a comic book run or two or something. But in the movies, for sure, uh, we hadn't seen up to this point like more of pre Batman Bruce Wayne, kind of like a younger Bruce Wayne, and that was really cool to see uh, both him as a child and then him like as a young adult, mm-hmm. and then him when he left and then returned. Uh, for Chill's hearing and like we see him in that dark place where he thinks that revenge is the answer right he's like oh okay I'm gonna avenge my parents by killing uh, Chill and uh, I thought that 
that conflict is really interesting. And then Rachel can have that conversation with him where they talk about justice versus revenge. And it's like how the, those are very different. Some people think they're the same yeah. where it's like something has been, something wrong has been done. And so you want to do something proportional to the mm-hmm. person who committed the crime, but that's not justice. That's revenge. Well, and I think the whole movie has kind of a tone of, or a, a theme around kind of the temperance of morality and like kind mm-hmm. of understanding the gray zone, which is I- ironic in the sense that Batman's so black and white in some ways, but right. This well, movie, Ra's al Ghul is the black and white one. He's like, criminals are evil. They must be killed. Yeah. We start fresh. That's it. And I like that this movie, even though it's more, I think it states more, it's kind of theme around fear. It spends the time to be like, hey, like this is why Batman is special is that he has an understanding of criminals. He has an understanding yeah. of the morality behind it and, and a little bit more of the gray zone. It's cool that um, Rachel's not clearly in the right when she talks like when that's act one. We're, we're looking at a Bruce Wayne who's clearly wrong. Like he, he yeah. just yeah. wants vigilante justice. Yeah. And then as she says, that's just about self-gratification. She says, that's not justice, that's revenge. Justice is about harmony, and revenge is about making yourself feel better. Right. But the thing that I... The reason I think that her position isn't like the absolute correct one is because she's talking about the trial with Chill where this person, uh, who's a murderer, served some time, and because he got information from Falcone uh, via being his roommate gets to like narc on this other criminal and and then that brings down like this criminal organization and so from the like a utilitarian perspective that's like a net good overall you're probably mm-hmm. doing more good than just keeping chill in jail yep. but from the individual perspective that's not justice for me right but it's like justice on a societal scale mm-hmm. so i think that i think that if she is uh if her position there is weak i think it's uh just in just because she has to summarize it so quickly you know, like justice is about harmony, you know, and revenge is about making yourself feel better. But the harmony that she's talking about there is whatever uh, acts you have to do in order to make society more harmonious. Right. And so, like, you can then ask questions about whether you want to attack that from a utilitarian I mean, that's perspective a, or whatever. That's a bigger question, though, because, like, is justice punitive or is it like like rehabilitation and that's well, I think the only like point how do you that, get to because harmony would be more I think that point of harmony is more about rehabilitation but yeah justice well, maybe but could be argued to be punitive that's what you're reading into it but I think that like the only point that Rachel was trying to make there is that the you know eye for an eye doesn't work yeah but what I'm fair. saying is like even if that's true and societally like we're all better off now tell that to the guy whose parents got killed Wayne mm. is a casualty of that justice right, system but, where he doesn't personally get any restorative justice yeah but the revenge won't give him restorative justice either oh he learns that i yeah. love <laughs> yeah. i just love the way that that scene makes you feel where you have the all the tension because you know he has the gun up his sleeve and you're like oh but then you just get the 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 lady walk out and she's like falcone says hello and, and then that's a woman too that's like yeah that's oh, uh, i guess that makes it more interesting but there's no way a woman would do that yeah <laughs> no I, I just i just love that because you feel so good because you kind of want that guy to die you're like hey fuck that guy he killed his parents like i hate him but then you're also like ooh, this is all bad well, you oh. do have some sympathy for him though yeah, yeah no a little I mean, bit. when he's standing up there i'm just like give him a second chance yeah because you know oh, he's he was like, in a dark place in his life He's, yeah, he says that like he regrets it a lot. It's no excuse. Yeah, uh, but, he does look sad when Bruce did, stands up. He and went stuff. to jail for like ten years yeah. or whatever. So, you know, yeah. when Rachel slaps Bruce twice, love I love good. that so second good. slap. I wonder if that was like improvised. That's great. Maybe. Do you think does that still happen? Slapping? Do women just like slap men twice for for? Uh, I've never been slapped. Oh, I have. You have? Oh yeah. By a lady? Oh for sure. Oh man. 
Oh. So it does happen. <laughs> but probably not for the same scenario. No. no not you because I was about to <laughs> kill your avenge friend. my parents. <laughs> I just mean, that's like a film trope that yeah. I always thought was funny. Like people getting slapped because they said something rude. I'm like, what? I've never, I've uh, never seen that happen in real life. I've never had a serious drink thrown in my face. But I think well, I've, I've seen that happen in real life. Yeah, that's expensive. Obviously, you don't throw <laughs> someone bought that for you. Do you know yeah. how much drinks are? But to your point, Riley, about these like lost years, it, yes. it is true. As far as I know, in the comics, even they make reference to Bruce leaving right. and receiving training or finding himself and then coming back. Yeah. But it was never spelled out in detail. And when that allows Nolan to go, OK, well, let's make some content up. Let's, totally. Let's look at those years. And I love act one of this movie oh, so where good. we get to go through. I love Ducard ex- explaining everything to him. I love how like the um, the blades on the forearm piece of his armor are like not just a Batman invention. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like this ninjutsu kind of like yeah. accoutrement that's like sick. And it's not only that, but like they they escalate in terms of their function. Like yeah. in the beginning, it's just to block the sword. And by the end of the it's movie, he snaps them. it with it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, show me something new. And he's like, how about this? <laughs> cheesy moment. But I love it. But I love it. The only mo- moment for me that's cheesy really in this movie, because I'm, you do have to keep in mind, you are watching a superhero movie. Totally. So, so for oh, t- lots of stuff, well, whatever. Yeah, but... Okay, go ahead. The only thing that for me is cheesy is in the beginning when he's fighting Ducard on the ice and he's like... Always mind your surroundings. And he just like does the weakest little Tap. clank yeah. on the ice with his sword. And that was Bruce so falls. cool. I love that. But it's just such a weak clank. No, Beep. it's the, well, but it's because he's, he's sacrificed the upper hand for sure footing. He should have had to pound a little better. Yeah. Or he should have had to like set up a couple times. He like, like stomped on the ice or like hit it, hit the sword with his, hit the ice with his sword or something. Have it set up. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe the sound could have been a little more chunkier. Yeah. Cause it did sound like it was like, ding. totally made up for by the, most badass move ever when when Bruce like slip and slides down the ice to catch Ducard from yeah. falling and then he's hanging there and he just bicep curls him up okay ah! not, po- not possible that, yeah. that annoyed I me I wrote down yeah. I was like it. is it physically possible to annoyed. bicep curl another man who's taller no. than you like he's bigger than you him. can't bicep curl 200 pounds <laughs> okay like I, I get annoyed in movies and video games when they, people do like the row off the cliff because like you start from a position of like disadvantage it's really hard to yeah. row 200 plus pounds from there like on a bench sure that's possible yeah but okay bicep I, curling no i'm yeah. with you i'm yeah. with you he's not hyperextended. he has a bend in the elbow i'm with you that it's like in normal circumstances impossible however we've all heard those stories of the super <laughs> adrenaline where like yeah. a mom can lift a car off her baby yeah. so i i assume that the, that stuff's at play yeah and he also does turn his body too he doesn't he doesn't like close the curl. He just holds he, it. He just like holds it and yeah, curls his body. I think he's was, got the thing. But the fact that it's flat out and then he curls it and then does the turn, I don't know. It's yeah. a for me a convincing performance. Christian Bale's like nice strong yell there. I, buy Chris, I really like I, it. I buy Chris Evans biceps holding the helicopter more. Well, he's Captain America. He's yeah. a super soldier. Fucking and helicopters America. are really light. Yeah, this yeah, it's they're true. fucking floating, I, dude. dude I when, they're, at, when they're hovering, you can, you can you move can them, move them That's around. Cool. I could pull a helicopter I think, to the ground. You're, you're right. It's, I think his performance hover, is maybe. really... Oh, I don't know. No. From a, a really light... Helicopters... <laughs> I know some things about helicopters. <laughs> I used to work around them as uh, my time as you a wildfire. You were in the army. No, when I was a wildfire... Oh, I was not okay. the army. When I was a wildfire fighter, uh, when they're hovering, mm. they're at their weakest. It's like it's really dangerous for them to hover. And if they're really small, you really can just like grab the skids and just... Like push them away. Huh. Just like a light insult will just crash. <laughs> so if you're Captain America, yeah, you can hold it. You can hold it. That's fair. Um, I uh, I think what what broke that scene for me before the bicep curl is how bad the CG of him sliding looked. It did look a oh, little like yeah. penguiny, like yeah. 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 And it's just I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Con- I'm not convinced that when they were shooting the green screen plate of him sliding, he was actually yeah. moving in any way. I don't know. It's fine. 
Another 2005. Thing, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I was going to say another thing I loved about the whole uh, League of Shadows training uh, part is the fact is the is the um, emphasis of the League of Shadows on like him controlling himself. I love I love any part of movies where someone's getting trained and they're like like don't give in to your emotions like you know that's why I love like the Star Wars Jedi stuff because it's like don't like become master of your own thing there and uh when they're fighting on the ice and he's like uh, uh Bruce is losing or whatever and he's like oh you have more training and Ducard's like training is nothing will is everything the will to act and then later he's like uh Control your fear. Master your senses. You must he's first like, oh. master your own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just like, yeah. man, that just like gets me going. He's, he's like, really yes. good. He's got so many good lines. One yeah. of my favorites yeah. ever is when uh, Bruce just like, oh, pounds on the door of that Hil- Himalayan like base. It enters this totally exhausted and dead. And he's like, your training begins now. And yeah. Like, okay, I can barely stand. Yeah. Death does not wait for you to be ready. He just <laughs> kicks, kicks him in the chest. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty sad. I love that. Oh, it's so good. I'd love all that. And then I... The flower, the flower scenes are okay. They're very cheesy to me. I find that all the fear stuff in the movie when he takes the flowers and like the effect of like the strobing oh, room really? and stuff looks really tacky to me. The oh. look of it, I like the fact that it's the flower. To me, I wrote that down as like a third revision of the screenplay type mm. of thing where it's so tight again how like the, the, th- the weapon that they end up using is this microwave emitter, which is a Wayne Enterprises device which explodes the water, which goes through Gotham along the Wayne train, uh, and then the hallucinogen it releases is from the special flower that he had to pick to initiate himself into the League of Shadows. It's all yes. so tight. It's so tight, and I really do love that. Mm. I'm more talking about like li- the CG of like they have the plate of the room, and then they isolate elements, and then they, they make them breathe really fast, and other things they're blurring in a different way. It's just... Again, dated, so it's I can't take too many points away. Is it, it doesn't look like that yeah, to me. It doesn't me. seem that dated. It doesn't look that bad to me because it's in camera. It's what an in-camera well, effect, you, right? What would you do instead? I don't know, something 2020 looking. What I'm not what? making this movie. But like, what as a critic, about it? as a critic, you don't have to be like, I could make this better. You just have to say like what you like and what you don't as like. As a carpal right. critic, I <laughs> say that you have to say that. I think it's it's fine. And like, like I said, it's 2005, but I found the same with the Scarecrow stuff. Like some of it's cool, like Batman with like the tar yeah. coming out of his mouth. That's some, really cool. Some of that stuff was a bit cheesy. But some of it's just a bit much. Yeah, when Batman has like lasers coming out of his eyes and mouth, like it's a bit much. It's not lasers. I like it's how, light, but. I like how that visual effect is used throughout and it mm. serves as foreshadowing because yeah. we see it as just like this little ninja tool at the beginning but when we see that same effect when scarecrow's using it on his patients you're mm. like oh that's that's similar but are they just using the same graphic for everything or is mm. that actually the same thing as that flower i don't know i also and it yeah, turns out it is i think scarecrow is a good choice for this movie because again it's it's a it's a villain that has like a power i guess but well, in the comics, it's also like a drug, right? It's way, yeah, it's way more intense in yeah. the comics. They'll have like syringe hands and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He also has a, a spray, but. But but the way that they translated that idea into real life, I thought was really cool. Like he's got like a little like a uh, releaser on his wrist totally. and he just goes. Psh! Yeah, and Killian Murphy was great casting for that oh, role. He's, he's just I, such a weird, uncomfortable guy. He originally uh, auditioned for Batman. That would have oh, been bad really? Days. Knew they were going to pick Christian Bale was, I believe, the first actor that uh, Nolan approached. What a great choice! But then they went and asked a bunch of other people, and they got a, like a half dozen dudes to actually put on the Val Kilmer Batman suit. <laughs> and this footage exists; you can see oh, it man. even on YouTube. You can see some clips with um, Killian Murphy and Christian Bale wearing the Val Kilmer one, the Batman Forever one. It looks so bizarre. Mm-hmm. And just as a favor to the producer, uh, Amy Adams came in. 
to bounce lines off. So you can see Christian Bale wearing the Val Kilmer Batman suit from Batman Forever talking to Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Why Amy Adams? It is the wackiest footage. She was like a superstar. She was like so hot at that point that okay. they were, she was on the rise. Meteor rise. Man, uh, I'm really glad Killian Murphy didn't get Batman because he's weird looking. He yep. no, he said that he didn't really think he was a good Batman, but yeah. they liked him, so then they called him up for Scarecrow. Yeah, what a great, so what wait, a great choice. You guys like Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne? I like him as Batman. As Bruce mm. Wayne, he's okay. I like him the most as Bruce Wayne in this movie. I think yeah. Bruce Wayne as a character gets kind of weaker as they go. Yeah, he just yeah. gets lame. But he's really good in this one. I, I don't know. He always annoyed me as Bruce Wayne because he just... He doesn't seem like he's enjoying it at all. And I, I I find that, I don't know, there's something weird about it where it's like, he's a billionaire, he's got anything he wants. Like, he kind of, I, I don't know, I just don't buy that he doesn't enjoy it at all. Enjoy what? His riches, his money, his lifestyle. Why, his Why would that give him fulfillment? He's a stoic. Why would he? I don't know. He's the, the, the riches are just a tool to him. One of the best uh, mm. parts of if I was Bruce Wayne, I'd have giant <laughs> flat screen TVs. No, I, I don't know. I just, every it just weekend. feels too... Uh, single-minded like it It feels like it's like okay Batman is serving a purpose and they're not like exploring dimensions of this human being well okay and, like, so at, least they try, him, though. at least have him renounce the riches because like he, he's just kind of like they're there and it's just like it feels like they're not addressing it he's just they don't want to have him be a billionaire because it's like kind of like shitty and you're like oh even the scene where he's like I'm buying this hotel <laughs> yeah yeah well that's like, that's him like like Alfred's telling him yeah to go he and has do to that be yeah and I do right. like that you have scene. to imagine he's raised with this money you yeah know? like he's Alfred says like it's a six generations of his family lived in Wayne Manor so it's like ain't no thing to him yeah but I, I one of the like, best oh my gosh I can buy whatever I want one of it's the like, best performances of, of Bale's in the movie is when he's walking out with those euro girls and mm-hmm. they've just bought the hotel and they've just gone swimming and they're hopping into his Lamborghini and then he sees Rachel, Rachel yeah. and his face totally oh, cha- totally it. changes yeah. it melts away to like almost fear he's like yeah. oh no she's yeah. seeing me like this it's such a great performance very a, subtle I have a question though who is that guy he thinks he's buying the hotel off of? <laughs> like, it's like the he's manager. Right to yeah, check the manager. manager. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> you can't buy the hotel off maybe, maybe it is the hotel guy. I don't know, because it's Bruce Wayne. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, the, he, there's, there's some fancy socialites here. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, That's, you know, you're right. It's dumb. It's dumb. I, but I love that scene otherwise. Yeah, I, I love how Rachel calls him out there and says, uh, like, because... It's funny because she says it's what you do that defines you. Because he's like, "Oh, I'm changed or whatever. I'm yeah, a good yeah, guy." It's not what's on she's the like, inside. "Well, yeah, it's not what's on the inside. It's what you do is that defines you." And we, as the audience, feel that tension because we're like, "We know that he's doing. He's doing something. He's trying to be. He's, you know, he's, yeah. he's Batman. Like he's trying to help the city. But like outwardly, now your your close friend who does who's in on the joke it, like doesn't know that." Yeah, yeah, audience superior position, and it also drives home the dramatic question of the movie at that point, which yeah. is, will he be able to become this thing? Right. Or will he be able to, to make an impact without and, becoming what he And it's hates? a good payoff at the end when she's like, who are you? And he's like, it's not what I am that defines me. It's what I do that defines me. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, oh, nice, sick dude. And she's like, yeah. bro? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, bro? yeah. <laughs> I, I, that that kind of brings me to the Batman voice. Yeah. What a choice. And I, I, sometimes it's fine in this movie. There's a couple points where it really annoyed me. That scene annoys me where I'm like, you're trying to be like, I'm Bruce. Why, why are you using the Batman voice there? And the interrogation of the crooked cop goes way too far into the Batman voice. So, so strong. Disagree. So, so, so oh, strong. Really? Okay, first of all, I want to be on the same page with you guys. Do we have consensus here that the voice, the voice in Begins is different than the voice in subsequent movies? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. It's it, like a, it's different. It, it is. So, is it worse? Yeah, in this movie, it's like, 
So I'm going to go rattle the cages. Right. And the next one, it's like, Rachel. So that's what that feels yeah, like. Yeah, when he's freaking out at the Joker, it's a bit too far. Okay, yeah. did, you guys, did you guys see the those like college humor parodies yeah, with course. Pete Holmes being Batman? And he's like, I'm going to rattle some cages. And he's, he's making fun of the fact that like the mask kind of like is a bit too tight on his face. So it like pushes his lips out. <laughs> it looks like that. And so he's like, yeah, it, it does that a bit. I'm going to stop Gotham. <laughs> and, and I'm going to Dave got him. And uh, I think that when I first saw the movie, I thought the voice was great because, like, that's a that was an ongoing question. It's like, wait, how do people not put the pieces together? They're like, Batman's Bruce Wayne. Because, like, in the... Going back for a second to talking about Bruce Wayne and his and, and Christian Bale casting or whatever, I grew up with uh, Kevin Conroy as the voice of Batman on the mm-hmm. animated series and all that. And so... Bruce Wayne seems like this very composed, you know, like stoic character. And he seems like he's got everything figured out. He's a genius. He's a detective, you know, in addition to being this like super powerful ninja. And it was hard watching Christian Bale kind of be this like, I'm I'm kind of a dumb guy and I kind of sound just like whatever, you know, like he doesn't sound, he, he does intelligent things, but like, I don't get the feeling from Christian Bale, uh, that he is this like very introspective, like, I don't know, an in control type of person. And so I didn't like it for that um, reason, but I, I accepted the voice, the Batman voice as like a necessary thing because they've got to, they've got to yeah. differentiate them I mean, in some way. Th- and in, in the comics and stuff, he might, he has some like voice changers sometimes. So when I first saw the movie, I was like, cool, this makes sense. But it's unfortunate that it spawned this whole like parody totally. genre. Well, he was cast on the strength of that. It's something Christian Bale brought to the role. Really? Yeah. Mm. And if you watch the, the the footage I was talking about, where when other characters delivered the line, they kind of just have their Bruce Wayne voices on, yeah. and they specifically were delivering the line "Swear to me," and it, and even Christian "Swear to me," "Swear to me," or what yeah. are you saying? Yeah, yeah. Swear to, when he, yeah. you know, I uh, swear to God. Yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah. Swear to me. Swear to me. Yeah. Uh, and Christian Bale delivered it in that in that. Um, demo audition thing he delivered it way more chill but of course as david says when you get to the movie swear to me yeah (laughs) and i loved it i still love it i'm glad i love it because it's the first it's like in the fun and game section he's just become batman yeah he is just this like boiling vat of anger and hatred that he like finally now i've got my symbol i've got my character i'm finally allowed to like beam this out to the world and he kind of just goes overboard with it and he's yeah, like yeah. and the delivery of it, it would take it or leave it if you think he went too far for what it is he does it so well yeah. because he zips this guy up by his ankle he's hanging upside down and you I believe him man his his <laughs> eyes are just rage you can actually see the muscle around his yeah. mouth and lips like twitching before he says it he's just like yeah yeah he's yeah. mad he's upset <laughs> yeah it's so awesome. I'm upset I think it's hard. it's one of those things that's just really hard and it's not the fault of the movie that we've had so many parodies of it that you're hyper aware of yeah. the voice at all times and it's, I think you're right in this movie they didn't actually go that far compared to the later movies but it doesn't matter because it's so part of our cultural like knowledge yeah. that it's nobody can watch this movie <laughs> Did people and not parody think about it, it after this one though or was it only after Dark Knight? Probably more after Dark Knight because this was a success, but Dark Knight was like a huge success. And the voice is so much probably, better. Yeah. yeah, obviously or, the parody is bigger. Yeah. Especially them knowing that there was another one coming. I feel like, yeah, yeah. that's that's true. I feel I like know, in that I, delivery when he yells that at the guy, his face must have just been covered with spit. Like there's... He totally. Just, <laughs> it was covered in rain. Yeah. He's lucky he had the rain. I, I, <laughs> I think I'm a bit with David on that because I, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't love Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne, so I feel like him doing this sort of like gravelly down here voice. It's like 
like you even when I do that, you can hear yeah. you can hear like a, cha- a a trace of my real voice. Yeah, it's not deep enough. It's not deep enough. Like you, need, you can't do it. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. like a you need like a big heavy set guy, James Earl Jones, to really like. If, and if someone, Darth if Vader, so, Batman, yeah, Darth Vader, yeah. Batman, or like, no. I don't, I don't remember what Ben Affleck did, but like he, he was, a he kind of did mild version of yeah, it. Yeah. He was like, swear to me, <laughs> swear to me, swear to me. <laughs> if there was like a big guy. Like yeah. like the hulking kind of guy, like in we see like Frank Miller's art yeah. or whatever, like and he was going like swear to me, like you'd be like whoa. Well, that's what they were going <laughs> for with Christian the Ben Affleck Bale. one because he was like kind of tank and they yeah. gave him like the thick armor when he was fighting Superman. Yeah, but those movies suck. Back to <laughs> back to the good ones, man. This Batman kills cops. Huh? He runs over that cop car and kills those fucking. He cops. doesn't kill them. You cannot run over the like the ma- the driver and passenger seat of a car and not they kill. He shows those, them alive. Don't those cops have a line after he does that? Yeah. No. Yeah, they do. They're the ones who say like, "Take." They're like, "What's model and make?" And they're like, "Oh, it's a black." And then it rolls over tank? the cop car. No, that's after that. What? So what happened to that car with people in it? They ran away. They. David, there's David, no way. I know you weren't watching this fully. You were doing something else while you were watching the movie. <laughs> And you didn't notice that. But what was that cop that car? Gets, the car that gets rolled over, the people are fine. No, he kills cops. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I love the fighting style. I might be the wrong. Style is sweet. No, it's not. You don't like the fighting style? That's the style? worst thing about this movie. What? It's like, okay. like a lesser version of the Bourne movies. I'm back and forth. I'm it's back and forth. It's so tight and shaky on like single hits. It's so hard to yeah. connect with the oh, action. Oh, that's not what I meant. Oh. What I meant is the martial arts they use. Oh, okay. The yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. it's like prison fighting, lots of totally. elbows yeah, yeah, and yeah. like really tight. That's totally cool. Small movements. I love that. I, and I think like when, when they actually like rem- go back a step and they let you see a little bit more, I think it, you're right. It's it's great. They do. a. This is just the era of shaky cam close up fighting True. where they're cutting on every impact. Yeah. And it's really frustrating now that we've moved past it and gone back to the more Hong Kong style of further back. Let the action play itself and have stuntmen and, and fighters that can actually do this stuff really well. I, I, well. I find that close cam, shaky cam type of stuff annoying, but I think that it was necessary in this movie because Batman looks kind of dorky. And so if you go to a wide shot and show him like taking on all these guys and he's not able to turn his head, <laughs> like it's going to look, it's uh, going to look kind of cheesy. I thought you were going another way. I thought you were going the direction that, um, uh, director Christopher Nolan wanted the, wanted it to be like the first half of alien where you don't see the xenomorph for the mm. first half. And oh, it's, sure. It's the same as in this movie. Yeah. You, the first interactions they have, like when they're at the docks and he's fighting, it's, it's so just sick. Flashes. As so good. As, as Batman, Batman, for sure. But like we also see it in when he's in the prison and he's not Batman and still yeah. using that crazy sh- shaky. So I want to talk about that sequence in particular because I think that's a perfect Love example it. where he's doing the Batman thing, but you're seeing it from the perspective of the henchman and he's just Absolutely. like, one disappears at a time and he's just like, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that that's a cheesy moment. No, though. I love it. No, it's but so it's, sick. That's, that's a good type of cheesy. Yeah. That's opinion. a trailer where it's Batman. He yeah, has to do totally. that. But then there's the sequence when like he like drops into the middle of a group of people and like he's just like <laughs> aerobics fighting everybody. Well, that's really close and you don't really, you can't really see and it. That's when so I, it doesn't that's end up looking too bad. That, yeah, 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 yeah. But it also looks really bad because of that. Like, it's just a style that no longer works. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and it also it goes to make me feel that maybe Christian Bale doesn't have the physicality that it takes to be a like a to great fighter. No, he's a great Batman. To be real Batman. <laughs> I like how they, they put it, like the martial art that they developed for it, it just really feels of the world. Mm. Like, Liam Neeson's character, Ducard, kind of says it right at the beginning when 
Bruce Wayne attacks him. He's like, Tiger, right? Yeah. Crane, and then he's just like, none of that shit matters. Punch in the face, yeah, like, yeah, el- yeah. elbow in the face. Yeah, yeah, I like that stuff. That's that. once like you know all the rules, it. you break them. No, yep. totally. I I I particularly like the we we kind of touched on it, but I particularly like that whole container park scene because. It uh, it's it's a it's a chance. I think it's really cool. Anytime a Batman piece of media uh, is able to portray this like mythological view that Batman um, represents in these criminals' minds, like they, unless they've physically encountered him before, they don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. They just see the shape. They see their friends getting taken out. It's just this black stuff going yeah. around. They're just like, what? Are, <laughs> like what's going on? I love seeing the fear, and they're totally. like. It was a giant bat, dude. Yeah. It was a giant bat. I love, I love yeah. now that I've rewatched the movie so much, just imagining him like scurrying around, like, <laughs> like when he throws the batarang to get the light because it's a bowl light. He can't be above it because you think he's kind of like flying around the top. He has to be on the ground. So he has to be like running around. No, like, he's ricocheting. He's ricocheting from up you top. You can't ricochet bat- a batarang. Batarangs are lame. Batarangs <laughs> is like, oh, he just like fashioned this little sharp he's edge not, yeah. logo. He's not, <laughs> he's not skittering around. He's a, he's a ninja. He's like going smooth, you know, he's going slithering over things he doesn't skitter he slithers yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. but you're right in that scene that guy the guy who's like where are you his yeah. like hair is so wet yeah, yeah. from the like sh- the, sh- the fear yeah but then they have no idea of what batman is at that point totally and later on in the movie we're in the, in the narrows with uh, they're in that like a uh, psych ward thing uh those criminals have heard of batman they're like what if he's here oh no and yeah. they, they're like shaking their boots before he even arrives so you get to see that progression ac- across the course of the movie it's pretty yep. cool yeah what, what do you guys think I, this bothered me a little bit. Okay, I want to get, I guess, a little bit into nitpicks. Nitpicks. So they say that his like uh, grappling hook's about three hundred fifty pounds of lift. Uh-huh. And there's a scene where he's under like twenty people that are like piling on top of him, and he grabs a thing and shoots it. Couldn't do it. Well, yeah, the design event magnitude of any They're, engineered product is usually like sixty percent over what they. Like, that's still like five hundred fifty pounds. Well, maybe he does like a giant deadlift and like. <laughs> Also, those guys, 20 people. also oh. those guys were all on drugs and they were probably like not no, using their whole strength. Does you know? the drug make what you, you stronger about, or drug weaker? Strength. Yeah, no, no, no. drug strength's way stronger. I'm just saying maybe they, thought, maybe they thought they were grabbing onto something secure, but it wasn't. They're just kind of like scrabbling Psych, at him. That's you know? my fake cape that disengages. <laughs> my, my slick outer cape. I don't can know. We, it's, I, I was like, whatever. Can we talk about my real problem with this movie? That they don't, they don't fix anything. They don't save the city. They like talk about doing it, but what like are you talking about? they destroy the microwave emitter sure. that is there. It would take like weeks to man- mass manufacture that cure and then run it through the water, get rid of the other water. They have to clear the entire that system was, of the Joker toxin or the, quick, yeah. of the scarecrow toxin, replace all that water, put new manufactured stuff that takes probably a long time yeah, to mass manufacture. Why would that be in the movie? Yeah, but I'm just saying that they never fixed it. There but was, they stopped there it was from weeks, killing everybody. There's weeks and mu- no, because it's still being like, it's still in the air. These people are affected until they're cured. But like Rachel was going to die unless she got a cure. But so these people stop, are all dying and they just the ignore that. from getting to the like nexus of yeah, water. Yeah, but there's all what about all the people that are already affected? I just, well, that's less people. There's still I think that was a little bit too quick. Like uh, I'm as they're approaching Wayne T- there's another cheesy part there, but I'll get to that. As they're approaching Wayne Tower or whatever and all the gas is coming up and boom 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 boom. I'm just like Yo, this city is dead, man. Yeah. Like all this, this gas is going everywhere. Like there's, it's gonna be so. Like they're destroyed. They'll probably destroy the city before they get the thing out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and there's lots of shots of like them, the the gas going by cops and stuff. And because it's not what the movie wants to do, they're fine. Like the commissioner gets gas, yeah. and he's just like, "We need some help out here." I'm actually surprised because it's like, from what we see of what how people act on the drug, uh, 
we don't see a lot of like horrible things happening in this movie. Yeah. It does some really quick cuts to somebody and I was actually taken aback because like there is a really quick cut of somebody like biting someone's ear yeah. off. And I was like, whoa, that's a little rough for a Batman yeah. movie. But like, I'm like, that, that's the least of what would be going on when this, if this drug was like actually in everybody's oh, system. Over I'm there, ready like, for some dark Batman movies. Yeah. Give me some like, well, the, oh, the next one I looks, think the next pretty one looks pretty dark. dark. Yeah. One thing that's uh, interesting though is I saw this guy on Twitter. I, I really wish I could credit this guy. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. Um, he made a really cool argument, which was the grittier the Batman movie, the more of an asshole Batman becomes. And because he basically just becomes a cop with no rules. Yeah, mm. he, he, that's fair. It, well, it just it just goes to police brutality because what does a gritty uh, Batman movie mean? It pretty much means that there's uh, fewer gadgets. There's no like bat copter and and bat this <laughs> and bat that, right? So he's and this one already doesn't have that many so gadgets. So he basically becomes just a guy, a vigilante taking law into his own hands who has no limits like the cops have. There's things the cops cannot do, but he doesn't have that. So he just interrogates you and smashes your head on the on the table. Uh, and that's just I kind know, of, but it's, kind it's of not lame. just about that though. It's about like the villain. Like there's jokers that have like gone into like a TV studio audience and killed everybody in a brutal yeah. way, and they all laugh to death. And like there's lots of like other ways of including brut- brutality or grittiness into your movie. That's not just changing Batman into a right. vigilante. You don't need to make cop. Batman more intense and crazy. He's plenty like, intense in this yeah, movie. Yeah, you can just have have more intense things happen in the movie, whether it was like. Yeah, from, by other people, like done by other people. Sure, like even in Begins, you would say it's a grittier movie, um, but he still has a Batmobile. It just happens to be a military de- like designed weapon. Yeah, yeah. And he has I, that's spelunking perfect. gear. Yeah, it's like the perfect combo. I think. I think they nailed the tone in this movie for what it was. Like compared to other movies around this time, like I like the Spider-Man movies, but they're so campy and they embrace the a complete other other side of it. And like anything that was trying to go gritty just sucked and like this totally changed hollywood for a long time like every reboot was like batman begins james bond rebooted a year after and it was like batman begins reboot where they're like like take it back to basics make it real take remove the gadgets and i love i love how like there was just enough changed in this movie to make you like it's still recognizably batman Mm -hmm. but it's like it, you you accept it because it's like a different take on Batman, but totally. all the elements are there. Like totally. Alfred is there, but he's not this pretty posh British boy. He's Mark oh, Kai, Let's you talk know? about Alfred for a bit. Yeah, though. I love such a sweet relationship because he's oh, he's not it. like like you say he's not just his butler, but he's also he's kind of like his colleague. Like yeah. when they're ordering all the Batman cowls, oh, yeah. and you yeah. can see that he's like a savvy operator. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna order ten thousand of these. And like the fact that he has all of Bruce Wayne's assets and they, they orchestrate this like takeover of the shares. Yeah. Like he's a very competent yeah. dude, but he's also a father figure. Yeah. And yeah. they actually have their own kind of arc where at near the beginning when Bruce comes back after mm. being like, he comes back from Stanford or whatever school he's going to Princeton. Yeah. Um, he, he says he's going to like tear down the manor brick by brick or whatever and basically tells Alfred he's not part of the family. Oh, so that's yeah. like the low part yeah. or beginning part yeah, of that. Yeah, I loved seeing that. Of, of their kind of arc He's together. just being like a little shitty kid. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, though, Alfred is saying to Bruce, why do we fall to yeah. pick ourselves back up? Just that is thing. what his father said. Yeah. yeah. He's like fully actualized as a father figure. Yeah. And well, I, actually, I got, oh. Well, you talked about how much you love reversals last week. I love that they reverse it. He's like, I'm going to rebuild this building brick by brick right, at right. the end. Another reversal. For sure. uh, Bruce Wayne burns down Razzle Ghoul's home. Razzle Ghoul burns yeah. down oh, Bruce Wayne's home. Although it does him. bother me that he's like, 
uh, you burned down my home and left me to die. Now the considerate paid off. And I'm, and I'm like, like, he no, already he told saved you. you that he saved you. He your saved life. you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's not fair. Rude. I, well, you he thought, is a villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. And it's, yeah, it's that, a quick um, thing. That scene where, uh, Bruce is being a little like pissy kid, uh, one of my favorite moments in the movie when he's just being like rude and rude and rude and he keeps like, and Alfred's like, hey, this is your father, this is your parents' like thing, like don't forget about them, don't sell your father's name, blah, blah, and he's just being pissy. And then at the end of that scene, Bruce is like, he, he like kind of notices that Alfred's just being a good guy and he's just like, still haven't given up on me. And he's like, never, never. I love it. Like, I, I love it. That. And then they, they redo that that same exchange later when, when, the, when the place is burning down. I just like, ah, oh, I love Alfred in this movie, man. Emotional Michael Caine. He's wholesome. He's the wholesome. I like how they, going back to the uh, water mains blowing up kind of thing, they keep the subway or the metro and the water mains in your mind throughout the movie. They just keep, it keeps recurring. Like <laughs> when they're on their way to the opera, they're riding on on the, the train. train. When, um, when, when Rachel gets like, a, almost gets assaulted and then Batman appears in front of her, that's in the metro station. Right. There's a third time that's on my laptop, which is dead right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, yeah. they keep they they. This movie is so tightly integrated. There's not a single idea that comes out of nowhere. It all oh, is set it's up. It's Fox. Fox goes. Oh, I, I know your father. I worked on the train with him. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, they just right, keep bringing it back. Totally. So it's totally earned. Yep. When everything culminates, and it's like, of course, See, of course, the climax is on the 100%. train. But I think that the fact that they do that, they lay it out so well. I thought that one of the things, one of my nitpicks, is the fact that they keep cutting back to people saying. Oh, the water, it's going to blow. They're getting closer and closer to Wayne Tower. Like They didn't need that that guy. Yeah, we didn't need that much. Like, I, I think that it was, you know, we have to know that though the stakes are getting higher, guys. And well, the audience, show, did you know? Yeah. But it's like. Show the train getting closer. Yeah, if they get any closer, this thing's going to blow. And yeah. they say that like three times. That's and I'm the like, stuff oh, where okay. I think the studio was like, hey, I think some people aren't going to get it. Like, you need to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to tell them a couple times yeah, totally. extra. I, I well, know. there's this need for this story to accelerate in the second half of act two like more things are happening like yeah. conflict when well, they also want to be able to draw so out the subway the approaching the, the building because like, you want to see the building and have the subway approaching so like in reality if it was one shot it'd be like six seconds before it arrives so you have to be able to have like two seconds of shot cut to the person for seven seconds yeah. cut back to the where it was and like extend that moment so it's fine but it's uh are we goofy. doing are we doing nitpicks that's yeah, what we're doing, right? Yeah. Fuck um, you guys like King Joffrey in this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, he's like Game one of Thrones. the main villains in Game of Thrones in the first couple of seasons, and he's a complete and utter piece of shit. He's, uh, the, he's the boy in this one that Batman like throws the thing to. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. But he's great in this. He's yeah, the in kids this. won't believe me. Yeah. You have a priceless and totally <laughs> rare, unique item. <laughs> yeah. 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 Charlie's kind of bothered me. Batman yeah. gave me this. Like, sure, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like, just a radio, that. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did he give him? What was it? It's like a night vision yeah. goggle thing. It's pretty sweet. But Here's it probably a had a bad insignia on it. I wonder if he's like, they wanted to maybe originally set him up as like the first Robin or something. Why does the, why does Raz al Ghul, the fake one, clap like this? Sideways. He's thinking for a camera. <laughs> he's just because it so shows weird. because it shows that he's exotic and mysterious. Oh, they clap like that in his culture. Guys, look, look what Ducard taught me. <laughs> <laughs> who, so, who are these people that he's getting to fake being himself? I just find that whole setup a little bit silly. Wait, what do you mean? So, who who are these men that Ra's al Ghul is getting to pretend to be him? They're the part of the League of Shadows. Which what who who does he pick to be what the kind next of answer Gould? do you want? What are you like, talking about? Okay, we know that <laughs> the League of Shadows soldiers are like an international group. As yeah. soon as he walks in, you see like Asian descent ones, a black one, all sorts of different people. Like presumably they get soldiers from around the yeah. world. Yeah, and he and he obviously recruits them. Yeah. By the way, do you think that he's like 
when he recruits Bruce Wayne, he's like headhunted Bruce Wayne because he has this plan that he wants to take out yeah. Gotham and they right. end up using the Wayne Enterprises microwave emitter. He like thinks that he can, Bruce Wayne will be instrumental Oh yeah, that's, and yeah, exacting his plan, totally. and he also knows that he's vulnerable too. Just like how like ISIS recruits these people from war torn areas mm. who are, like have nothing to do right now. Would you like four hundred US dollars a month salary? Yeah. Join mm. ISIS. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think that means that he didn't think that Bruce would would get to the point where he would actually pose a threat? No, definitely not. I think that they the whole point was, was gonna like, yeah, he's going to be part of the cr- the cult and. And, uh, he thought he was truly lost when he picks him up. That's what he says to him, and, yeah. he, and he's truly right. Lost, but did he think that he had potential? For yeah, sure he did. Sure. And and yeah. when he's well, training him, the things that Ducard's saying, as we talked about earlier, they're good lessons. Yeah. He really does make him a better person. So it's just do, when it gets to the end of his yeah. reasoning, well, and they don't he's agree. Personally, training Batman, right? Like he, if if he didn't actually believe in him, and he'd probably just have like a lieutenant train him. Because there was a there was a bit of this movie where I was kind of like, oh, was it a real relationship? Like, did they really? Was was Ducard just kind of playing him the whole time, or was this like really like he thought he Ducard hoped that Bruce would be this champion? Of course he does, because when he goes back and burns down his house, he gives him the chance again to join him and help. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, and again, he turns him down. Fair enough. The League of Shadows, by the way, is made up for this movie. No, it's not. Raz al Ghul exists. Oh, oh, but it, the, the Lazarus League of Pit, that exists yeah, yeah, yeah. as a character. But League of Shadows, I believe, was a Nolan thing. Are you sure? I'm like eighty. Not 90. Because who was Ra's al Ghul then if he wasn't the head of the League of Shadows? Mm. Well, I mean, he's the head of something. Okay, um, so the league, the, the name the League of Shadows was created for this yeah, movie. But, but he has a League of Ninjas. It's essentially an adapted form of the League of Assassins. Ninja, All right, please. cool. I want to talk about David S. Goyer, the writer of the screenplay. Yeah. He's done a lot of... A lot. Yeah, uh, what else has he done? Well, he did the Batman v Superman stuff, but he's been That's doing superhero, superhero stuff for <laughs> a long time. He wrote a Flash script screenplay that huh. never got made. And I think uh, he slated on this one. Yeah. Oh, this is incredible. It's a. It's mind blowing to me that the same guy that wrote this wrote Batman Wait, v Superman. Wait, but Batman v oh, Superman had a different person on there too, didn't they? Well, yeah, Chris Terrio. Yeah, it was Chris Terrio and David S. Goyer, and Chris Terrio went on to write The Rise of Skywalker, which hmm. was horrible. So Chris I think, Terrible. I think I guess I guess Chris Terrio is the bad person out I mean, of you can't David, say David that. Gower what are you also, talking about? No, you can just write bad scripts. Not all everything you're gonna write is gonna be a banger. Like uh, Jonathan Nolan, he wrote. Terminator Dark Fate. So did David S. Goyer. They wrote it together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Christopher Nolan obviously touched the screenplay as well. I believe explicitly in the next movies, Goyer has a story credit. Terminator Dark Fate was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It's fine. I think Goyer's good. Goyer's good. I like him. And all I'm saying saying is that Batman v Superman sucked not because of Goyer, but because of Terrio. It's like probably a lot of reasons. It's not as I wouldn't put blame a That's single it. person. That's the only reason. The only reason. <laughs> and there's also there's always writers that are uncredited. You never know. I I do want to talk about the DC universe at some point. I have okay. so much to say. What I need to, to talk about it. Oh, we can talk about it later. Yeah, another time. Are we going to? We do, have to watch like are we gonna a do, um, bad Batman movie. Are we going to do Batman v, or Justice League Redux or whatever it's called? The Snyder Cut, maybe. Maybe we, we should probably do the Snyder should Cut. when it releases. Does that I guess. require? Like pre watches, like a it, sort of like Infinity War did. Should I have no? To it's watch? more like Avengers One, where like you can get it. Like there's enough character building within that movie that you can understand it. You're gonna definitely miss jokes, but it's it. I've seen all of them and they all suck. So like, who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah, if you're thinking that you're missing out by not watching DC movies, no. The only one. Well, is, no, I don't know that. I don't. No, I don't think that. the only one that's good is Shazam. Sam's I haven't seen pretty, Shazam. I've heard that. It's pretty good. But that's the thing is that it's not great. It's pretty good. No, fair enough. But like now, I'm like, do I want to put in the time to watch Shazam? Like, is it? Yeah. What, well, it's fun. It's heartwarming, and it's got actual good 
like message and like great That's characters. Fair. It's worth it because it's fun. But I think part of what makes comic book movies so great to me and like worth watching is the fact that they are part of this larger universe. Mm. And I think when like, I, I, as a society, I think we're past these kind of one-off movies totally. that aren't part of a larger thing. And maybe you know what? they keep coming. I don't well, want just that, listen, though. just listen. Like in the in the '90s and early 2000s and stuff, we had a bunch of these movies where yeah. you know you got like Daredevil Spawn. or whatever. Yeah, like Electra. Are, are you specifically talking about comic book Green Hornet? Yeah, Green Hornet. Because there's like amazing movies that are just one-offs. No, but comic like, no, like comic like Inception. Comic. No, 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 no. V for Endetta. James, please. You don't want a sequel. How little do you think of me? I'm only think I'm only talking about comic book movies. Like I'm, okay, if I'm, I'm if I'm gonna go watch one of these like superhero movies, I I it it's this like, better call money to something twenty movies well, from now. It makes me it's a it's a deterrent to me if I know that it doesn't really lead into. Oh, that's so interesting. Else. I think I'm the opposite. Where like the the knowledge that there's so much else I'll have to watch to get it is so frustrating. I would way rather just be able to watch one movie and really enjoy it. Well. I think what it represents to me is kind of a dead end, like because comic book movies and superheroes in general, like they, once you watch one and it's really good, you want more, right? Yeah. You can watch like a one-off movie like Inception and be like, I'm okay if they never make a sequel because this was fine. Yep. But I'm I'm not like so attached because super, yeah. superheroes function as analogs of the audience, right? They're power fantasies, they're aspirational characters. So we're like, we map onto them. So when the movie's over, you're like, I want more well, with this, the, the journey yeah, has to continue. That's totally fair. And especially superhero movies, we got so many origin movies. And when you only do a one-off movie, it's gonna have to be an origin movie. And right. like, we're, I'm sick of those. I, I think want, that actually reminds me of something I really liked about this movie. Tell me about it. One of the things we criticized a lot of the Marvel movies for is, cool origin story, uh, villain kind of sucks, kind of yep. tacked on. I didn't feel like that in this movie, totally. and it's because the villain is completely integrated to the origin story. 100%. Yeah. The villain is the guy who trained you. That's awesome, and it totally, totally worked. The only movie we get like even close to that, I think, is the first Spider-Man movie, where the villain is like his love interest's dad, so he's kind of there throughout. Yeah, but it's not as neat. And See, I, I, yeah. even, I didn't even like that character that much. Willem Dafoe? The Vulture. No, no, what are you talking about? But he about? was he was better than like on the Iron Man villain. Wait, which one are you talking about? Willem Dafoe or no, 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 no. I was I was talking about the Michael Keaton. The Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Willem Dafoe is even more tightly integrated. Yeah, I like that. He's a good villain. And yeah. that, that's a good uh, story. In terms Talk of. about like born to play a role. Willem Dafoe was born to play the <laughs> born Green with goblin. A goblin face. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Maybe DC screwed up because they saw Marvel success and they're like, wow, look at that. You can have these team-up movies that are really awesome and they make a lot of money. So then they made all these like singular movies with the goal of teaming up, whereas Marvel was like, well, let's see if we can make a superhero movie make money. Yeah. And if that does well, we'll make another one. Well, and, and then we'll cross them over. Yeah, yeah. The second movie in the DCEU is a team-up movie. And that's yeah. the big part of the problem. The second movie is Batman v Superman. Yeah. And then they went and did like an era of single movies. And all the single movies, are like, they're fine. Like they're, they're okay. Yeah, they're like fives and sixes. Like they're not, whatever. They are what they are. Yeah. But they, they pulled the ripcord way too fast. Batman v Superman should have been like six, seven movies in. Totally. The, the way that I see it, there were a few missteps here. A, they started a lot later than Marvel. So Marvel had a head start and people yeah. were kind of like, okay, we're yeah, okay with this universe here. Uh, B, they didn't have like one over our like unifying vision. I know that Marvel didn't have that right from the get go, but once they kind of got this momentum with these few yeah. movies, they were like, all right, we got to have a vision here. We yeah, got to They have started writing for yeah. the five movies down the road. Do they have a Kevin Feige? Well, they have a uh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> they had uh, for a <laughs> I think for a bit there they were trying to have Jeff Johns be oh, okay. the guy who is like a prolific and, and well-respected uh, DC Comics writer. 
Um, and then I think the other thing was, yeah, bringing on people like Zack Snyder. Well, he became like the, the cornerstone of the series I know. somehow. And he Huge made such mistake. bad fucking movies. He made like Sucker Punch. Okay, hold on, hold on. Don't be so hard on Zack Snyder because, <laughs> okay, first of all, his debut movie, three, as far as I'm concerned, 300, was like revolutionary. Aged poorly. Wait. Victim of its own success, yeah, but 300 yeah, yeah, yeah. is sick. 100%. I loved 300. Watchmen. I know David doesn't really like it, but I like it. I, I like loved it. Watchmen. I think the thing that makes 300 and Watchmen and Zack Snyder's early movies good, though, is not the strength of their plots and characters and all that stuff. It is the visual spectacle. It's just taking a comic book and making Those it are both just, adaptations yeah, as well. Yeah, ad- yeah. Adapting a comic book so well to the yeah. big screen. Because that's what Watchmen is. It's just frame yeah. by frame recreation of the comic yeah. in a movie. But we didn't need With that. With a better ending. We, yeah, I agree. I agree. Because, yeah, the big squid monster would be weird. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. We didn't need literally the comic on the on the theater, which is what we got yep. on the theater screen. We needed a movie based on this universe, yeah. which is what Marvel did so well. 100%. And Star Wars should have done. <laughs> wow. So they, they should have adapted the expanded universe. I'm excited to talk about Batman. Or Dark, Dark, Dark Knight. Dark, Dark Knight. DK. DK. Donkey Kong. Uh, I'm, in t- <laughs> I'm intimidated, man. I got to study it. Yeah, it's worthy of something. Dark, yeah. Spoilers. I'm, I'm ready to find out if it's going to be an 8.9 or 9.1. Well, I think now so that you've done a lot of screenwriting, nine. like you've read a lot of screenwriting mm-hmm. books, you'll have a different appreciation for some of the art in The Dark Knight. Right. Because uh, they're very different movies, even though they gel really well together. They're, uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to like be a great the, episode. I like the parts where the things explode. I like the masks. The, the crazy fights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to come up, I guess, maybe three to four weeks from now. And I think in the meantime, we've talked about doing maybe some Coen Brothers stuff. Mm. Oh, right. Ooh, I was listening to some Fargo stuff recently. I'm like, Love oh, Fargo. maybe I want to watch Fargo again. So good. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'd do Fargo. I think I'd rather do another Coen Brothers movie first. I think I want to do Old Country Old Country for No Men. Mo Funty. <laughs> <laughs> Linus wants to get on here again. We've talked about doing Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Hell yeah. Gosh, Mortal Kombat. He can be our once in a while bad movie guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the what terrible movies. Horrible Batman movies. and Robin. Yeah. Okay. That's see it. you later. Love email it. us. Did you <laughs> oh. know? We have a new email. Hello at carpalcritics.ca. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and also you can get us on Twitter at carpalcritics. Uh, send us a positive message in this dark time. Yeah. Or a dark message in this positive time. Go on Twitter for a reason other than uh, to doom scroll. <laughs> doom spirals. <laughs> See you later. Love you. Justice. No justice, no peace. Someone will rattle the cages. <laughs>